Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung here. Hey, thanks a lot for taking a moment to study the Word of God with us as we take a look at the book. We're going to be looking at the book of beginnings. That, of course, is the book of Genesis. You know, the truth is Genesis is the foundation of all of our faith, but in particular, Bible prophecy. I have a five-hour audio series on CD that will help explain exactly what I just said. Now, we're going to study about personalities in Bible prophecy, but as you get this series, you'll be able to understand better about the personalities, the principalities, the properties, and the promises of Bible prophecy. This is a study on Genesis, the foundation of biblical prophecy, and right now, if you'll take a moment, we're going to study personalities in Bible prophecy. Well, Noah has a a great-grandson. Notice over here in verse 6 of chapter 10. And the sons of Ham, Cush, that would be a grandson, verse 8. And Cush begot Nimrod, that's a great-grandson, verse 10 of chapter 10. And the beginning of his kingdom, of Nimrod's kingdom, was Babel in the plains or in the land of Shinar, verse 10 says. That's in Mesopotamia, the two rivers, Tigris and Euphrates. It's the plains between those two rivers. That is modern-day Iraq. Babylon on the shores of the Euphrates River, which is actually still today 58 miles miles southwest of modern-day Baghdad. And he brings Nimrod. Chapter 11 is the story of Nimrod's disobedience to God. What had God told his great-granddaddy and his granddaddy and his great, uh, his granduncles? He said, be fruitful, multiply, and repeople the earth. Scatter all over. And they would not do it under Nimrod. He became a king huh. in one city. You know what that is? One world government with one leader. Uh-huh, we'll get to that in just a moment. God came along and he scattered them. Verse 8 of chapter 11. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. He was building a great city. He was developing a worldwide government and also with his wife Semiramis and their son Tammuz, he was developing a worldwide religion which he was responsible and in charge of. Chapter 12 is how God dips into a Gentile community called Ur of the Chaldees. He selects a Gentile. He brings him over up through the uh, uh, the shores of the Euphrates River over the Fertile Crescent, which is modern-day Syria, starting at the top of the Rift Valley, which goes all the way to Kenya, Africa. But he was making his way down that Rift Valley. He comes into a land called Canaan there in the Jordan Valley. He makes his way to a little community called Hebron, second most sacred city in all the face of the earth. And there, Abraham, Abram at that point in time, gets the directive that this is going to be the land that I have promised to give to you and your descendants, and it's going to be a land and I'm going to give you forever. There's much to talk about Abraham here. We just, uh, you know, I'm not doing a, a, a person, a profile of one individual, but this is another personality. Abraham, on the 15th chapter, he gives him the Abrahamic covenant. We'll talk more about that on our last session together. The promises of Bible prophecy. That covenant is absolute. That covenant is unconditional. That covenant has never yet totally been fulfilled. And thus it has to be fulfilled. 
Don't tell me it's not going to be fulfilled. If he doesn't fulfill the Abrahamic covenant, I'm walking away from Christianity. This is the biggest forest I've ever seen in my life. If he doesn't fulfill the Abrahamic covenant, because he made a commitment with his life, God did. Jesus did. He said, if I don't fulfill this, cut me in half. And If we can't believe him to be true to the Jew, how can we believe him when he tells us we have eternal life? He gave that to Abraham. He gave it to him. Abraham had Ishmael, chapter 16 of the book of Genesis. Ishmael, his firstborn, because his wife Sarai was incapable of having children, her womb was barren. She suggested to Abram, go in unto my maid, go into my handmaiden, the Egyptian Hagar. He did. He fell for the trap. He went in, had a relationship, impregnated her. And then Ishmael comes forth. Verse 11, chapter 16, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, the angel of the Lord, by the way, that's a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, that's El Shaddai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord hath heard thine affliction. Now notice the characteristic reference that Jesus Christ gives about Ishmael. Verse 12. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man's hand and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. He went to live, chapter 25, in a place called Arabia. Today we know it as Saudi Arabia. He would develop one nation. Go to chapter 17. Chapter 17 of the book of Genesis. Jesus Christ appears to Abraham to talk to him about his son Isaac and his son Ishmael. Verse 20, chapter 17. This is Jesus Christ directly in conversation with Abraham. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begot, and I will make him a great nation. Singular. Ishmael is not the father of the Arab world. That is not true biblically. I think I can prove that immediately. Who was Ishmael's mother? Hagar, the Egyptian. I don't think, now I got a PhD, I don't have an MD, but I don't think that it's possible, and maybe an MD could back me up if there is one here, that a son cannot father his mother. I don't think that's possible. And so Ishmael did not father the Egyptians, or he didn't father the sons and people of Cush, chapter 10. Cush, you know who that is today? Ethiopia, Somalia, Sudan. Oh, by the way, the next son of Ham, Mizoram, that's Egypt. Put, that's Libya. Nimrod, where did he go? Babylon, that's Iraq. 500 years before old Ishmael ever came on the scene. Those people were alive already. Ishmael fathered one nation, Arabia. That's all. Well, Isaac is born. Finally, Isaac comes on the scene, 21st chapter 
of the book of Genesis, the birth of Isaac. I've got to quickly get over here. Look, Isaac grows up and he's going to have a son. Let me slip over Isaac. The promise is made to Isaac as it was made to his father that he would have the land. And we studied that last evening or yesterday rather. Look at uh, chapter 25. Chapter 25 is a must study if you're studying prophecy because it follows the uh, families of Abraham, the three different families that he had. Notice in chapter 25 verse 19, and these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to be his wife. Verse 21, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Isn't that interesting? Isaac's mother had a barren womb. Ultimately, God opened it up. Now he marries a lady from Syria, and she has a barren womb, and he goes and prays, and God opens up her womb, and she is impregnated. Verse 21, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived and the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. She wanted to know why is this happening, Lord? The Lord responds. Here's the answer to the prayer, but also a prophecy. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Two nations, two matter of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And we know Esau comes out, the firstborn. Howbeit, by less than a body link, his twin brother Jacob having his hand on his heel, he comes out. The two boys are born. We understand how the firstborn was to have the birthright and the blessing. Chapter 25 of the book of Genesis talks about how old Jacob was able to get the birthright. Chapter 27, how he was able to get the blessing from his elder father who was about to die, could not even see. And he manipulated as his twin brother Esau was out there killing a deer to make the venison stew, to have the meal with his daddy and to receive the blessing. Oh, Jacob dressed up like his twin brother, went in with some venison stew his mama had already made, and he got the blessing. Esau said, as soon as my daddy dies and I've spent the seven days of mourning, I pronounce Sheva over him, I'm going to kill him. Oh, Jacob fled to live with his uncle up in what we know as modern-day Turkey. And then he came back into the country. And when he came back into the country, the 36th chapter of the book of Genesis said that God sovereignly selected again to leave Jacob in the land of promise. He sends Esau to Mount Seir, the lower third of modern-day Jordan, to a place called Petra, where he would headquarter. Thank you so much for joining us. You know Genesis is the basis for biblical prophecy, and we must study this first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, and its timeless truths that set the stage for the end times. Why don't you get your own copy of this? You can go to our website or call our toll-free number. The toll-free number is 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number from all across America. So call and make your order of Genesis, the foundation of biblical prophecy. Again, that number, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall, and you can make your order that way. 
However you make your order doesn't matter to me. I just want you to have a copy of this. Genesis, the foundation of biblical prophecy. It's available now, so make your order real soon and start to study. By the way, speaking of study, thank you for joining us for this particular study as we've taken a look at the book. You know, the truth is, the more I study, and I'm sure it's the same case with you, I understand how close we really are to the return of Jesus Christ. And having said that, reality says that the rapture could happen at any moment. So there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until... 